0: Welcome to the Saddle Cartel Podcast. We're going to talk tips, tricks, tactics, and saddle hunting scenarios with our staff from across the country, members of our Facebook page, manufacturers in the industry, and we'll probably get into a few campfire stories along the way. Enjoy the ride. Let's get into it. all right guys so welcome to the uh, saddle cartel success series man we are going to be dropping these um podcasts in between our staple podcasts that are dropping every monday and the point of these podcasts are to get uh members from the facebook page on and talk about their recent harvest so we've got austin layfield on today and he just uh put down a really nice uh, public land buck here in oklahoma and we're definitely not going to tell you which piece of public land he was he was hunting, but. We're going to have him on tonight, and uh, we're going to get him to talk a little bit about his uh, his experience. Austin, what's going on, man? Hey, how you doing this morning, bud? Good, man. You doing all right? That's
1: good. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm kind of taking a little bit of a back seat here. Uh took yesterday off to wash some camo and kind of get things prepared for – I've got a trip coming up. I'm going out west, uh, Leave Saturday, and I'll be out west bow hunting until the uh day of rifle season
0: gotcha so you, you've definitely been on the deer man um you know you've been real active on the facebook page and we've seen a lot of your harvest there man but one in particular i want to talk about man is the uh the buck that you harvested um I, I, it, was, it was a week ago or I, uh I don't saturday know, I it saturday day.
1: yeah it was saturday opening day of muzzleloader here in oklahoma
0: that's right that's right and uh, and you were on a piece of public land correct yes sir so 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 why don't you just real quick, just before we kind of get into all that, just let's talk about your setup. What kind of setup you're running as far as, as saddle, as far as sticks, or one stick, or you know, just just kind of walk, kind of kind of paint that picture for everybody real quick, if you don't mind, of, of what kind of equipment that you're using to uh to get in there and get up the tree with.
1: Oh, absolutely. I uh well, I've been saddle hunting. This will be my second full season now. Um I had a good buddy that I used to work with. He's still real good friends with him. Talked to him quite a bit. Kind of get into the gear hunting. Uh, he's on the page, Connor Estes. Yep. And he had he had ordered a saddle uh, from a guy who was custom building them, which I don't think he does anymore. I think the guy got sick and he's no longer doing it. Um, but it's uh, elevated custom saddles. And... Yep
0: that's that's what i run i run an elevation custom saddle yep
1: okay so that's what i've got um as far as the saddle setup itself goes uh sticks man i started off last year with a set of hot sticks just cheap just trying to get in the game and they were they were good um, they, they got the job done but i run uh tethered skeletors now and my uh, that's an absolute game changer for me I, I love those sticks i don't i don't know if i'll switch from that or not and as far as a pack i just use a basic a basic pack that i bought off of amazon um and i run a edp platform gotcha uh that's as that's as far as my saddle setup goes uh my bow i'm shooting a matthews v3 31 inch and then i've got custom arrows built that i had built through uh black Ovis, and standard 340 grain arrows and i run uh exodus fixed blade broadheads so that's, that's kind of my setup
0: so 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 that's a that's a pretty solid setup man when i was shooting compound i used to hunt with the exodus broadheads man i, I liked them um i run those for a little while so yeah that's good man so so tell me about let's let's kind of talk about this did you know did you know this deer was was in the area of this piece of public land that you were hunting
1: um this particular deer i will say no but i knew there were good deer in that area um i've hunted this particular piece for six years now and i've got a couple of spots that i've kind of fine-tuned uh last year during bow season we had a cold front come in. I actually left work that day. Uh the cold front come in about eight o'clock that morning. I left work that day at lunch. <laughs> and uh I ran out there, sat on the ground, uh just it was kind of a preliminary, kind of a scout hunt type deal, and sat up on the ground and had an encounter with a deer as equal to the one that i killed uh whether it be the same deer or not i couldn't honestly tell you um but he i had him at 10 yards and he busted me trying to pick up my bow last year so i knew there was good deer in the area we've seen several deer in that area that are all really good public land deer um talking 115 to 130 inch 140 inch deer so that's for public land that's yeah, solid deer.
0: That's solid deer for Oklahoma Public Land, man. I mean, there's there's some good ones in there, man. So so what's kind of your strategy, man? I mean, I know you're putting boots on the ground, but are you trying to just get just a little bit further than the next guy or are you looking for little pockets that maybe people walk past? I mean, I mean what what's kind of your strategy on public land right now?
1: Uh honestly, I've I've had people walk right past me and never even know I was there. Um, I'm I'm not hunting too far in. I think that deer look, went back and looked at the track of where I was set up and f- where he actually fell at. It was a thousand yards from my pickup truck. Okay. Okay. So, um, more so, uh, looking for overlooked transition areas, uh, funnels, kind of things that you know, pinch points something that's going to push that deer into an area that most people kind of overlook. But if you go there in the off season and, and actually walk and boots on the ground, uh, this place also has pigs in it, which a lot of Oklahoma land has pigs in it. Mm-hmm. Um, so we we kind of get out and do a little off deer season, early spring, summer pig hunts. So you get boots on the ground in there quite a bit. So you kind of find little funnel areas that you would typically overlook, and this is just what that was. It's a little funnel area that's transitioning from uh, a bottom into a, an oak flat. So that's that's kind of what I've been looking for here recently. Is just funnel areas to kind of key in on from betting to feeding back and forth
0: so so i'm a firm believer man that if a guy can put boots on the ground and consistently kill deer on public land it's going to make him a better hunter tenfold if he gets on a piece of private that guy is if that guy gets on a piece of private he's going to be dangerous you better look out because the big deer (laughs) are probably going to be dropping (laughs) i mean mean, i'm serious man it takes it takes a lot and it makes you a better hunter man um when you're when you're hunting public man because you got to find you know you got to find ways to kind of get further than the next guy or do what what do what the other guy's not doing or pick up these little pockets that these deer are using that people don't see man i mean i mean so so kudos to you man
1: yeah absolutely and and i grew up hunting in florida um and florida is kind of like oklahoma where you can't bait public ground you you can't uh, put corn out or so on and so forth so you get a lot of knowledge on trying to key in on what deer are feeding on at what particular time and why and then use that knowledge to my advantage as far as setting up on them, you know, locate that one white oak tree that the deer are walking past 15 red oaks to get to this one white oak, and then you set up in an area that is going to catch them between bedding and that white oak. You don't necessarily want to hunt that white oak because half the time when they get to that white oak, it's already dark, or it's the last... Three seconds of shooting light, and you can barely make out the outline of the deer. So you you want to put yourself in a position to catch that deer with enough daylight to make a good ethical shot.
0: Gotcha, Yep. Yep. White oaks, man, they get hot, man. So so we, we, we in the area where I hunt, we got a lot of water oaks, man. So that's that's kind of I mean we have a few white oaks and a few red oaks and and a few pin oaks, but our our main source is the uh, the water oaks, man. I mean they are they're everywhere and Mm -hmm. definitely got a bunch of them uh this year man the acorn crop the mass crop is just crazy this year i mean there's almost yeah
1: all the rain that we had this this summer which we had quite a bit of rain this summer even though we're still technically under a drought um it it really produced quite a bit and what's crazy is you have like you're talking you have those trees that are dropping quite a bit and for whatever reason i've seen deer walk right over top of some red oaks to get to another red oak tree how what that reasoning is, I have no idea. Um, yeah. Same with same with white oaks. You know, they don't always drop at the same time. So, a tree that's hot this week might be dried up the next week, and the next one might be dropping a hundred yards from there. So, it's all about just a matter of being aware and checking your surroundings and and what's doing what and time time and time in the woods is going to get you what you need to be.
0: And 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 your mobile setup, man. I mean, that's 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 one of the things. Whether it's a .5, whether it's a one stick, whether it's sticks and a platform, just being able to be mobile and chase those acorns as they're dropping, man, it's just it's uh it's one of the most valuable things you can have, man.
1: Absolutely. And the the particular tree that I was in necessarily couldn't get a climber in it to to be at the spot that I was at uh for the good cover. So yeah, the saddle, the saddle has absolutely changed things for you know used to i used to try and look for a tree that was good to get a a climber in and i don't even look for that anymore i look for the gnarliest nastiest tree that i can go up just so i can have all that back cover around me yep
0: that's 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 so that's that's what i look for i look for a lot of back cover man that's my main thing and i try to use I mean, I know it's a little, so it's a little different. I know from going from a compound to a, to a trad bow like I have, and, and I basically kind of try to put all the back cover on my weak side for my weak side. Mm-hmm. I don't, I don't even try to deal with a weak side shot with a recurve as far as getting everything to that side. It's a little easier with a compound because everything's more compact and short, you know, absolutely. I basically use that. I use that back cover on my weak side. Yeah. So, so man, so we've got we've kind of got your gear. We kind of know what you were using. We kind of know, you know, kind of why you kind of how you how you're kind of hunting public land, man. So, so let's start with uh, so for the guys that are listening, everybody that's listening to this, this was really Oklahoma's first major weather event was that Saturday. And I'm telling you, (laughs) when I say it was nasty, it was nasty. I mean, um, just the fact that you were out there in that stuff. So, let's start let's start with your boots on the ground that morning or when you when you when you pull up in the parking lot and and let's let's get into it man and let's let's tell the listeners this story man this this great harvest
1: absolutely so that morning uh it actually started raining i think it was friday the day before uh muzzleloader and it rained for god eight or ten hours yeah it was a lot um I got up the next morning, Saturday morning, opened a day of muzzleloader and looked at the radar and it was just an absolute downpour at that particular time. Uh, This is five in the morning and I was like, "Uh, no, no, I'm not going to hunt this morning. So I kind of got up and piddled around the house a little bit and started, you know, catching the radar about every hour or so. And noticed that it was gonna start breaking up a bit. And that's when I decided, okay, I'm I'm gonna go. And got out to this area about one one o'clock. And there was a break in the weather. Uh wasn't raining at that time. Kinda of sprinkling a little passing shower here and there. And uh but so yeah, I mean if, if it's going to happen it's going to happen uh the temperature had already started dropping significantly from well, the you know, day before
0: it, it was dropping man it was dropping yeah. so so basically <laughs> you were you were seeing that on the radar you were looking at the radar and you were seeing things break up and you were thinking okay i might start seeing some deer on their feet
1: yeah absolutely it's kind of one of those um, as as with time anybody who's spent enough time in the woods has been through at least one rainstorm and it always seems that the rain you think about it you know you get wet and cold you want to get up move around and warm up too same thing with the same thing with the deer and with it it raining as much as it had i knew there was going to be activity if this if this front blew over and sure enough it turned out that way i i got to the area um my, I keep all my camo, all my gear in a tub in the back seat of my truck, and I do that. Uh, I, I have an unorthodox uh, cover set plan that I use. I take a gallon Ziploc bag. Actually, I've got four of them in my tote, and I take cedar. Um, I take a pair of leather gloves, and I go out and grab a cedar tree, and I pull all the green leaves, I guess what you'd call them, off the cedar. Mm-hmm. and and smash them up real good in between the, the leather gloves and drop them in the Ziploc bag. And then I take a fork and punch a bunch of holes in the bag and it stays in my coat. And yeah. that scent soaks into all my clothing, my saddle, all my gear. So it's, and any deer in the country knows what cedar smells like and it, it's a good cover scent. It it masks quite a bit. So I keep all that stuff in that tote in my truck. So I get into the area pull my stuff out get dressed up uh there's actually a guy that was sitting in the parking area where i always park and he said he had been out that morning he was soaking wet cold he was trying to dry his clothes out and dry himself off and warm up and i think he ended up leaving that day i don't even think he stayed
0: so he was a little bit more out of his mind than you were that day (laughs) (laughs) yeah
1: (laughs) yeah he he was complaining about uh the the amount of rain and and fighting he was trying to hunt from a ladder stand and and do it with a muzzleloader and uh the look on his face when i pulled my bow out of my truck he just looked at me like i was insane so <laughs> <laughs> he's like you do realize it's muzzleloader season right and i said yeah and i pulled out my orange hat and said, yeah I've, I've got my orange and he he just kind of shook his head, and I said, "I'd I'd rather bow hunt, anyways. I I like the chess game." So we kind of talked back and forth about what he had saw, and he hadn't seen. saw anything all morning. Uh, he had been there since daybreak, so kind of justified my decision on not going out that morning. <laughs> yeah, no doubt, no doubt. Um, I head, I I get dressed, I get all my stuff put together, and I start packing in, and. I get to the area that I want to set up in and go up the tree and get set up. And it's about 2.15, maybe 2.30 at this point, and it starts raining again. And I'm like, ah, you've got to be kidding me. So I kind of pull up my phone and look at the radar and, and realize that it's just another band on the backside of the storm and it shouldn't last that long. And it rained and it rained and that band just kind of slowed down. So it, it actually rained for almost 45 minutes on me. Um, and the wind blowing with it, it was blowing quite a bit. At this point, it's probably, I don't know, 48, 49 degrees, something like that. So I'm starting to, uh, the cold is starting to set in on me. Um, Kind of, kind of getting to the point where, all right, now I'm now I'm miserable. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> um,
0: We've all been there. It's, it's yeah, playing on your mind now. Now it's playing. Yeah, on
1: your absolutely, mind. and now it's now it's a mental game. Um, so, just trying to, all right, just stick it out. Um, pull the radar back up and see. If there's it. It breaks again, and once it breaks, it's done. So it's about i don't know probably about four o'clock and it's all broke up it's not raining anymore the wind's still blowing the wind's blowing out of the north um from north to south and i am facing east sitting in this tree uh, just because there's a good funnel trail uh directly east of me and that was my intentions of my strong side shot was going to be to the east. That's where I anticipated seeing deer. About 4.15, kind of catch some movement out of the corner of my eye to the southeast of me. And that's going to be my weak side at at this point. The, The south is gonna be my weak side shot. So I see the deer with enough time that I can adjust and, and swing over and, and get positioned for a weak side shot. And it comes in at 26 yards, looks like a great big doe, and it picks its head up and it's a little cow horn spike. Mm. And it gets almost directly south of me and kind of throws its head up. And I couldn't tell if it if it winded me or if it just winded something that it knew was off. It never blew. It just turned and kind of went back the same way it came in at a little faster pace, of course. Um, it it just it bounced off about two or three times and, and stopped and stood there looking around. But never blew at me. So I knew that if it did smell me it didn't know what it smelled it just knew that something was off and decided it didn't want to hang out so that was four um 4 30 somewhere in that area maybe closer to five o'clock i think it was closer to five o'clock so about an hour later uh the cold is really getting to me at this point. I'm,
0: I can I'm shivering,
1: I'm, man. I'm shivering. Uh, it's a good steady. 12 mile an hour wind with gust up to 18 to 20, uh, straight out of the North and the temperature's just constantly dropping as, as I'm sitting there. So it's really, really getting to me. And at this point I'm like, okay, well, I've probably seen the only deer that I'm going to see today. So that, that, that mental game is starting to play in my head and it's more the cold getting to you at that point. And I make up my mind at that point, uh, you know, if I don't see anything by 530, I'm done, I'm getting down. Well, about 520, I would say. Yeah. I heard something, uh, and it was coming from the southeast, and I was kind of looking that way. Well, this deer comes running under me at 90 to nothing, just wide open running, and in, in my head, I'm going, I did my wind change, I'm starting to wind check, and then a second deer comes running under, under me from the same direction and the second deer stopped just to the northwest of me in this real thick area it was standing there and i'm trying to look see if i can put eyes on it see what it is i could tell there was there was two does what it was and i'm trying to look see if there's exactly how far away it stopped if i'm going to have a shot because it's on my strong side trying to analyze the situation of what exactly just took place you know You're sitting there and all of a sudden deer come running out of nowhere, 90 miles an hour. You're trying to figure out what's making them run, uh, what's going on, where the deer is at, so on and so forth. And then this deer just takes off running back out of this thick and makes a loop 200 yards, just running wide open and it runs under me again well this time i realized it's a yearling and that's what it was it's just a, a doe and a yearling and this yearling is just out there running circles frolicking just having the blast <laughs>
0: <laughs> and you're probably glad someone was right <laughs> uh, um, well uh, yeah it was
1: yeah it, it it was enough to get the heart pumping enough to kind of refuel up and, 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 and start that, uh, that body warmth thing. Yep. Uh, yep. So I watched this go in Maryland probably 15 minutes, 15 or 20 minutes. And now was just kind of standing around and this year Lynn would run and just absolute When I say 200 yards, man, I mean, absolute 200 yards would be the furthest distance away I would see this deer. And it was running and jumping and kicking sideways all throughout this, this flat that I'm in on the edge of, and it runs back to the doe and they stand there for a minute or two, and then they start working off to my West and to this bottom, So I'm kind of watching they stop, they kind of graze a little bit and I keep looking to see if there's anything following them. You know, that that's in the back of my mind, because at this point we're in the pre rut kind of area where some bucks are scraping, some bucks are, are just wind checking some bucks, some young bucks are, are starting to kind of try and push a little bit, but not much at all. So I, I always got that.
0: Agree, definitely agree with you on that, man. That, that first weekend, a muzzleloader, man, is, is usually kind of where that exactly here in Oklahoma is kind of what you start seeing, man.
1: Yeah. And, and yeah, that have the back of my mind is, you know, if, if they stay here long enough, now their scent is blowing directly South of me. So if, if that doe is even remotely close or if a buck wants to come in and and, and look at the, the situation any closer than what he smells, he's gonna be coming from the south, coming to them deer. So I've got that in the back of my head playing out as well and continue to watch these deer kind of feed off to my west. Uh, they finally get, 70 60 70 yards so i can just kind of see them through the brush here and there just kind of glimpses of them and i like at this point it's getting it's probably five 6 o'clock right in that area and i'm like okay well i mean i'm, I'm in the golden hour but i'm also in the flirting with hypothermia stage <laughs> <laughs>
0: Can't <laughs> imagine, man.
1: It was rough, man. So at this point, I'm I'm starting the the mental checklist of, okay, I'm I'm gonna get down and I'm gonna get out of here because I'm ready to warm up and I start slowly kind of looking at my gear and whatnot. Start, you know, I, I put my rangefinder in my bino harness uh, because at this point and that's that's another thing that i I strongly encourage everybody to do it's something i do every time Um, when i get set up in a spot i i pick out key landmarks in the area something that i know if i look at i know exactly how far that is and i range all of that stuff right off the bat as soon as i get set up like a quiz. so Absolutely. Uh, I agree with you. So I've got all those spots already. I know where they're all at. So I I put my range finder and my bino harness and really contemplating getting down. And for whatever reason, something just tells me, you know, kind of look back at them does again to my west. and, And I glance over there and I don't see the does. But then something catches my eye and it's coming through chest high grass. And it kind of turns his head. I went, Oh, that's, that's a buck. And it, when I first saw it was probably 60, 65 yards from me. And it looked like a, a small two-year-old deer, um, a small basket rat deer. And so I, pull out my phone. There's a couple of guys at work that I hunt with quite often and I was going to send them some pictures, you know, Hey, y'all should have come out. You know, this is what I've seen. This is what I'm seeing now. And I was starting to take pictures of this deer. I'm trying to zoom in on it and I get one picture and there's raindrops and moisture on my phone. So it's a real blurry picture. And I kind of wipe the phone, the camera lens off. And I snapped the second picture. Well, as I snapped the second picture, it turned its head in an opening. I went, "Oh, that's a good deer." <laughs> that, that's exactly. that's a really that's a really good deer. And at, I I try to film some of my hunts, but for whatever reason, uh, at that point, the only thought that went through my head was, "Put your phone down and grab your bow." Uh, typically, I put my phone on a mount that I have on my stabilizer so that I can record my video, and my shots. And that way I have something to reference back to if I need it. Sure. But I, I didn't It just, I dropped my phone and my dump pouch on my saddle and grabbed my bow and tried to get situated because now this deer is coming from directly west of me, which would still be a strong side for me. Luckily, um, but it's also a clear line of sight between me and this deer. So I'm trying to do it as methodical as possible without getting busted. Uh, cause I have nothing besides the tree that's behind me to break up any outline of mine. He's looking directly at me <laughs> and I get turned around and situated and I'm watching this deer and He's still at 50, 55 yards. And he kind of browses a little bit, nips on a few briar, uh, green briar buds. And all of a sudden he picks his head up and it was probably the one of the few instances I've had in the in the wild where I've actually got to see this play out. He he picks up his, his head, throws it straight up in the air. And his top lip starts curling and he's wind checking and and licking his lip and his nose. And he just starts making a beeline for where I'm at. And I'm just watching this all play out kind of in awe for a split second. And then I realize, okay, he just crossed that spot that I know it's 30 yards. He's he's now in range.
0: At this point, you're thinking this might this might happen.
1: Oh yeah, absolutely. I, one hundred percent. If he keeps on this on this path that he's on right now, he's going to be at fifteen yards at this spot. So now I'm trying to figure out when I'm going to have a draw opportunity because, like I said, he's there's nothing between me and him in, in direct line of sight. So, I'm hoping he stays on this trail that he's on because there's going to be a few little clusters where I'll have a split second to draw. And he's still lip curling, coming in, kind of got his head down, about even with his body straight out, nose straight out. And he crosses that 30 yard point and he gets to 18 yards and there's a tree there that where I can draw and he gets to that spot and he stops just dead stop and he's starting to look around and and now I'm thinking in my head okay did my wind swirl Uh, what's what's going on here right and he stands there for what seemed an eternity was probably three seconds and then he started coming on in again. And at this point, I've missed that draw opportunity because now he's back in the open again. And now I'm looking forward ahead of him of to where, where the next draw spot's going to be. And in between me and him, there's one little cluster of trees, probably five yards behind me. And I knew once he got to that, I could draw then. But if I drew at that point, I would be holding it until whichever way he went. Well, he gets to that intersection spot and turns. So he's probably still at 20 yards from me at this point. He turns and starts walking directly southeast, which is directly at me. And it, behind this little cluster of trees it's five yards from me and i'm like oh okay um now what yeah is this deer gonna
0: (laughs) he's right there with you
1: yeah absolutely absolutely and and it's kind of one of those uh okay when when do i draw because now he's walking directly at me this little cluster of trees is breaking up my silhouette my outline my movement uh, how long do I wait before I draw? Because I don't know how long. I don't know if he's going to stop again and wind check. I don't know what he's, what he's doing. And he keeps walking directly at me. And he gets to eight yards. And it's me, this little cluster of trees, and him. And he's looking around. He puts his head down for a split second. And I come to full draw because i know this is my point uh, this is the only opportunity i'm gonna have to draw on this deer and regardless as to which way he takes from this point either he goes south or he goes back to the north he's open and i draw this bow and then i'm standing there i'm anticipating him going to the south so i just automatically kind of set up in that spot to wait for the shoulder and I'm holding this bow and I'm holding this bow and I'm holding this bow. And at this point, I'm thinking, okay, is this deer going to move? So I kind of lean my head back and look and he's standing there clear as day. The only thing I can see through a, an opening about the size of a volleyball is the front crease of the shoulder. And that's when I decided that I'm make, I'm taking this shot because this is the shot that I have. I've been holding this bow for too long at this point. And I turn and rest my pen in there. And as soon as I squeezed, I knew I knew the shot was good. I knew it was done.
0: Felt good about it.
1: Oh, absolutely. Uh zero, zero mistake as far as I knew it smoked him. Uh, it hit him. He run back to the West the way he came from. And he stopped in an opening and stood there for a split second. And I seen his tail flitch, And then he took off again. And I heard the crash. So I, I knew it was done. And then so, it started raining.
0: So at that point, you're probably thinking, man, I'm glad I didn't get down.
1: Uh, yeah, uh, that, and and that, and a million other things are running through my head. It's, you know, just the, when he, when he stopped for that split second, he stood there and kind of looked around and, you know, that's, uh, I always hate seeing a deer do that because it almost makes you second guess yourself for a split second. yeah, was that, was that shot as good as I thought it was? Uh, Uh, did I. Did I hit a little branch? Did it deflect a little bit? Uh, you know, what's what's going on? And I could still see my arrow in the deer as he run off. So, for whatever reason, I knew something was going on because I didn't get a full pass through. And so, now I'm starting to second guess. You know, uh, just, just for a split second. just I think every hunter does it. Just that split five seconds of... Trying to play it back in your head, and
0: you're you're thinking,
1: uh, absolutely, and, and that's thinking, your that's your own the worst enemy. Your mind is your own worst enemy.
0: You're thinking, did I did what just happened happen, or did I see something that didn't happen? You know, I mean, I, oh yeah, yeah, you're right. We've all been there.
1: And and then I'm I'm thinking, and and I'm like, well, I know I heard him crash. I, like there's absolutely no doubt in my mind. I know what I heard. I heard him crash, and then it starts raining. Like, as he's leaving my eyesight, it starts raining again. And now, I'm going, well, there goes my blood trail. So, now, now comes the game of, how long do I give him? Because I know I heard him crash. And now it's starting to rain. So, how long am I going to have that I can still find blood and recover this deer before it, an absolute downpour.
0: washes it away, yeah.
1: Mm-hmm. So I get down, uh, I text one of my good buddies, Cash, and told him, hey, man, I just smoked a good one. And he calls me, he's like, are you sure? Uh, yeah, absolutely. Uh, I smoked an absolute good one. And I said, but it's raining. He's like, okay, let me let me let me grab some lights. You know, he's he's already gearing up so that he can come help me recover this deer if need be. Well I go in to the area where I last saw him. Can't find no blood. Just absolutely like replaying everything in my head again. I'm I'm standing at the spot where I know I last saw the deer looking back to the tree that i was in so that i you know all my landmarks were right and this grass in this area this particular bottom he went into is chest high oh,
0: That's still and it's that, in,
1: oh absolutely and it's it's that i don't i don't know what kind of grass it is yet yeah, maybe you do it's that weird Oklahoma grass. It's brown, but it has bright red spots on it, so it looks like there's blood everywhere.
0: Oh, yeah. Yeah.
1: So yeah. I'm, I'm seeing red, and I, and I walk over, and I look, and I touch it, and I realize, no, it's just part of the, the stalk. And, and I'm back and forth and back and forth, and finally I decide, I, okay, I know he went in here. So I went about 60 yards south of where he went in at got into the bottom and just started easing my way back to the north and uh just looking back and forth because i'm I'm literally at the verge of it's fixing to be full-on dark so i want to find this deer before dark because this area has a lot of coyotes and a lot of pigs in it so I don't want to lose this deer to coyotes and pigs. So I'm easing back to the north and looking back and forth, back and forth, back and forth, and I rounded one little clump of grass and look up, and all I can see is horns. and he's literally laying at the edge of this bottom of this thick stuff. He didn't even make it into the bottom. So he probably, from where I shot him, I think he went. 85 yards and piled up.
0: Nice. Yeah, Yeah. it ended up being a great shot then.
1: Oh, yeah, absolutely. It uh, it went in just there kind of above the front shoulder all the way through and ended up uh, what stopped the arrow from a complete pass through. Was it actually got into the back quarter, into the ham, and and hung up in the ham? It hit the bone in the ham. Right. So it was a it was a lot harder of a quartering shot than what I thought it was originally. Right. Um, but
0: sometimes, man, sometimes those angles are a little bit deceiving, man.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And 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 had I known, because like I said, when when I decided to make the shot that's really the only part of the deer I could see was that front shoulder crease. So had I known the angle would have been a little bit more, you know, I, I probably would have aimed a little further forward. Um, and then that would have given me a complete full pass through, but hindsight's 2020 looking back is, you know, would you play it out a hundred different ways? Yeah, probably. You probably would, uh, the end result, my, still brought the deer home and it was a good ethical shot and, and i'm 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 still pumped about it man it's so, so, uh
0: i know that when me and you first originally talked um you you texted me and told sent me a picture and i was like i i mean i was just shocked that uh that you was out on a day like that because i'll be honest with you i took one look at the radar and i was like eh. Yeah, I'm going to catch up on stuff around the house. <laughs> and, uh, but so I know you mentioned you had like a thousand yard drag back to the truck. Did you, did you manage to warm up a little bit on the way back to the truck? Uh,
1: twice, as a matter of fact, because I left my deer cart in the truck. So I had to walk back to the truck and, and being with the coyote population being the way it is, uh, again, looking back, hindsight, 2020. Um, I threw my saddle, my bag, and my jacket over the top of this deer, and to I took little,
0: off. Try to put a little human scent on it.
1: Absolutely, and and I took off on foot with me and my bow, and got to the truck. Got my deer cart, put my bow in the truck, and went back in. Now, looking back, next time I will only put my jacket on it because. Carrying out sticks, platform, backpack, saddle, and a deer, the hat makes for a long, long evening. And <laughs> I, I'm not saying I'm a hundred percent out of shape, I'm, uh, but you start dragging a deer, you realize how out of shape you are real quick.
0: Yeah, buddy, you ain't lying. You know,
1: so uh, the, the extra added weight and, and gear, I probably should have took that to the truck to begin with and, and just come back with the deer cart and got the jacket, the deer, but (laughs) I, I got, I got my workout in that night.
0: Most, most definitely, man. So, so did you? Uh, you know, I mean, it was a big body deer, man. And when, when we uh when we get when we put this uh put this uh, podcast out there, man, I'm gonna make sure I get a picture of it and uh, post it with it. But did you happen to did you happen to weigh the deer out or anything? I, in Oklahoma, you don't have to, but sometimes I will. Um, because man, I thought the that was a big bodied sucker, man. Actually, yeah, I did.
1: I um, I gutted it, um, and then took it to a local processing place. Uh-huh. And once we got it there, we got it hung up. Uh, we took the head off, and just the the deer itself, uh, no guts, no head, was 119 pounds.
0: Ah, that's a good sized
1: deer, man. Yeah. So you
0: did uh, did you put a tape on him? What he scored?
1: Uh Uh, Actually, that's kind of crazy. The processing just messaged me and said that my deer's ready to pick up. There you go. Uh, um, We actually did put a tape on him and score him out. He was 113.
0: Okay, that's
1: good. So 113-inch deer. Um, By far not the best one that I've got on the wall, but as far as public land goes, probably one of the better ones that I've taken off public land. And like i said there's there's some other good ones in there it's just a matter of trying to pattern public land deer is
0: it's art man
1: uh it, it is an art and you, you might find a really 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 good deer on public land and only see that deer one time ever yeah, you know they 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 move and they get bumped and pushed so much that they're they're not frequent as as you would think.
0: I got you, man. So so, so definitely want to congratulate you on the harvest and definitely want to commend you for being out there um, on that day because. I mean, I hope that we uh, painted the picture for the listeners of what kind of day it was because, I mean, it was like I said, one of the, it's, it's been the br- most, it was the biggest weather event that we'd had this year. And I mean, it was absolutely uh, brutal. So I definitely want to commend you for that and definitely uh, congratulate you for getting out there and getting it done on a uh, public land, man. And I uh, appreciate you jumping on here and sharing your story with us. And also, man, so I want to finish it up, man. I want to. I want to anything. Um, you know, can, where can the uh, where can the listeners find you on social media, man? If they got any questions for you or anything.
1: Ah, uh, social media. I'm on Facebook, uh, Austin Layfield. I'm on the Saddle Cartel page. You Can look me up. I'm always free to answer any questions. Um, Instagram. I'm under Hunt Oakey, uh, Huntinokie. H u n t i n o k i e. You can find me there. Um, also. I'm on the uh, uh, feed the Obsession um one of their pro staff. Mm-hmm. Um, so feel free to look them up on Facebook as well. Uh, they they can also get in touch with me through that. Uh, I, I don't don't hesitate to to send me a message or take my brain a little bit. Um, public land is something i I try to hunt almost exclusively i do have one little piece of private land that i hunt here and there uh, which actually i I just took a doe off of this past uh, wednesday or thursday Uh, for the landowner he asked me to to harvest a little doe for his neighbor so that's what i did for him Um, but aside from that you can find me on public land about 95 percent of the time whether it's pig hunting or deer hunting or out coyote hunting whatever the case may be that's that's where i'm at it's public land most of the time so if you ever have any questions or anything in regards to that feel free to hit me up
0: awesome man i i definitely uh definitely love seeing you guys get out there and grind the uh grind the public man i mean i mean you guys are doing a good job man so so we're going to wrap it up here man and so um i've got I've got five, four, five random questions for you. Um, okay. to Answer real quick. And then we're going to jump off here, man. So, all right. Sounds good. First one is Trophy Hunter or Fill the Freezer?
1: Oh, that's tough. Um, I like to or both? Yes and no. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yes and no is the best answer for that. Um, yes, fill the freezer, but I'd rather shoot a doe than, than a small buck or a young buck. Um, I, I try to emphasize on letting young bucks walk, and, and I preach that a lot. Uh, I'd rather shoot a mature six-point or a mature eight-point than I would shoot a four-corn or a spike.
0: Gotcha. You know what? So that, that shoot shoot those. Right that that question right there, everybody goes, here's the next one. Here's the next one. Fixed blade or mechanical?
1: Uh, fixed blade all day.
0: Gotcha. Um, food source or transitions. Which would you rather hunt?
1: Transitions to food sources.
0: Gotcha. Single pin or multi pin?
1: Um a single pin HHA.
0: Uh, would you rather hunt during the pre-rut or the peak of the rut
1: probably the pre-rut to be honest with you
0: that's the best time to be out there as a bow hunter i think
1: uh you just get a lot more checking and a lot more a lot more movement of the of, of bucks in, in my opinion
0: all right so which would you prefer in a tree stand as what's the best snack in a tree stand little debbies or beef jerky man
1: <laughs> uh, you're gonna bring out my inner fat kid uh the little the little Debbie Christmas trees
0: <laughs> all right man Austin I appreciate you jumping on here with this and I hope everybody enjoyed this and we're looking forward to uh to doing this a lot more with uh with our members on the uh Facebook page as we start seeing harvest come in man so Austin I appreciate it man and congratulations on your great harvest
1: I appreciate you and all y'all do for all of us and giving us a platform to be able to pick each other's brains and and, and see what's coming in and out in and, and the different states. And Appreciate you and all the moderators do for us, man. I really do.
0: Well, I appreciate you guys too, man. Uh, you guys are the ones that make it, man. So, so good luck the rest of your season, man. Uh, these next two weeks are going to be pretty hot here in Oklahoma, so I'm ready to get out there and get after it, man.
1: Yes, sir. Good luck to you and everybody else on the page as well.
0: All right, man, see ya.